We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast for Wednesday, July the 20th. We got a full slate of MLB games to break down. Uh, first and foremost, I am your host, James Seltzer, and let me welcome in. My co-host, the man, the myth, the legend. I actually missed him from the All-Star break week off that we had, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. What's up, brother? Eh, not too much here. Uh, you know, got a big slate today, kind of split in half. Uh, half the game's going off. I think 110 is the first start, if I'm not mistaken, for those of you playing the early slate. And then another 7 or 8 game uh, late slate at 7 o'clock tonight. So a lot of, lot of stuff to get through and uh, a lot of games to play today. Yeah, it's it's actually great too when uh, I don't know I personally love it when you have those evenly split slates instead of you know like three day games and then the nights and you're you know can't really do much during the day and you don't want to play the all day because you don't have the lineups uh, for the night so uh, I think a day like this where you got the nine day games and the eight or excuse me I believe eight uh, seven or eight excuse me one two three eight eight, eight games eight, yeah. eight, eight. Yeah, eight, eight, eight. eight games, seven. Is it eight? Eight because it's eight. a doubleheader because the, uh, the uh, Padres okay. and Cards got rained out yesterday, and they're making it up today. So eight and eight, which is great uh, to to split up. Though the twelve thirty five start is the first start is not in the all day slate. That's excuse me, not in the early slate in the all day slate. 
Um, so, so let's run speed of it. Let's run down the slate, and then Benny and I'll just jump in and uh, really knock out all these games. Uh, it starts at 12:35 in at Cincinnati again on the all-day slate, uh, hosting the Braves. We got a righty-righty matchup: Lucas Harrell taking on Anthony Desclafani. Uh, then 1:10 as the the uh, early slate begins, uh, and for that 1:10 um, start in Detroit, Justin Verlander and the Tigers hosting bigger Irvin Santana and the Twins have been better of late. Uh, then we jump to a 2 p.m. start in Chi-Town as the Cubbies host the Mets. Kyle Hendricks taking on big, fat Bartolo Colon. Who would have thought he would have been one of the Mets' most consistent starters this season? Uh, 2.15 start in Kansas City as the Royals host the Indians. Carlos Carrasco taking on Ian Kennedy. A couple of righties there as well. And then another righty-righty matchup at 2.15 as well in St. Louis as Colin Ray and the Padres are in town to take on Carlos Martinez. That is the first of the doubleheader slate. Uh, so that will be the game if you're playing an all-day slate that is in the all-day slate. And again, if you're splitting up the early and the, the main slate, you could play both games separately. Uh, 3-10 start in Colorado as uh, first lefty of the day, Jorge De La Rosa on the hill, taking on Chris Archer and the Rays. Uh, 3-35 start in Oakland, a, a fair amount of 3 o'clock starts and after. Uh, Houston in town. Doug Fister against Daniel Mangden, a couple of righties doing battle there as well. Uh, then we have two 340 starts. Uh, first in Seattle as the White Sox are in town. Miguel Gonzalez against Felix Hernandez, a couple of righties there. And then a 340 start in Arizona as we get another lefty, which seems to be a little rarer in this early slate. Patrick Corbin taking on the Toronto Blue Jays and Marcus Stroman, the righty. Uh, then we go to the main slate, a 7 o'clock start in Boston as Drew Pomerantz making his first start for the Red Sox. That's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, the lefty there taking on Matt Kane for the Giants. Uh, then 7.05 start, Benny's New York Yankees hosting the Baltimore Orioles. Giovanni Gallardo against Michael Pineda. Righty's doing battle there. Uh, move on to another 7.05er in the nation's capital in D.C. Gio Gonzalez and the uh, Nationals hosting Bud Norris and the Dodgers. Uh, another seven, a lot of seven five starts today. Seven five start in Philly as we go to my team. Uh, as the uh, Marlins are in town, lefty Wei Yin Chen taking on uh, Philly Jeremy Hellickson, who uh, potentially could be on the move at the trade deadline. At least as a Philly ham, Philly fan, I hope he is. Uh, Pittsburgh seven five start. The last of them, Milwaukee in town. Chase Anderson taking on the lefty Jeff Locke. Uh, 8-15 start in St. Louis, that second game of the doubleheader with the Padres. Paul Clemens taking on Jaime Garcia. And then we round out the night appropriately enough with a lefty-lefty battle uh, in Los Angeles as the Angels host Texas. Martin Perez taking on Hector Santiago. All right, Benny, we got a, a ton to get through. Let's start off with that 12-35 game. We probably won't spend too much time on it because it's not part of that uh, uh, early slate, but on the all-day slate. Anthony Desclafani and the Reds taking on Lucas Harrell and the Braves. Uh, not the best offenses, but assuming uh, – are, are you going Desclafani and assuming some bats against Harrell? You know, I'm actually not going Desclafani, mostly because this Atlanta team is very left-handed, and they've actually been hitting right-handed pitching better. Uh, I usually like to use lefties against them, so I'm probably not going to be using him. Cincinnati is – scheduled I think they're slated for over five runs today against Harrell and you know in Cincinnati home run hitters ballpark I think you want to look at the middle part of that order guys like Votto 
Uh, Jay Bruce with the home run upside, Adam Duvall, who has, you know, big ISO score and righty-on-righty matchups. So that would be the way I'd go. I'd try to look at the middle of that order, maybe get some home runs here out of Harrow. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think Votto, Bruce, those guys are, are solid plays there. And again, uh, you know, I personally am not going to be playing an all-day slate today, so this game is, is one that I'm just really personally not putting a lot towards. So let's move on to that 110 start. And, and I think that it's really good to – talk about today in those two you know the early slate and the main slate just because you know with so many early games and so many night games you really want to split those up to to maximize your lineup potential and make sure you have everyone playing in the lineup uh so 110 start in uh detroit justin verlander taking on big irv irvin santana who's been better lately uh verlander is the uh uh third highest price pitcher on the uh the day slate there 9600 uh bigger significantly cheaper at 6600 uh where are you kind of leaning in this one benny yeah you know i don't hate verlander he's been pitching well lately he's been getting the strikeouts again which is something that he hadn't been doing last year so i don't mind verlander at the same point in time, though, um, you know, one guy who really stands out to me on the Twins, Miguel Sano does hit right-handed pitching well. And Verlander's a guy who actually gives it up a little bit more to right-handers. So Miguel Sano is definitely somebody I want to have some exposure to. I'm not a huge Irving Santana fan. I mean, I know he had a couple good starts here. This Tigers offense is, you know, again, they have a you know run total of over five expected today here. So you got to think that they're going to be able to put up a couple runs. You know, again, you, you look at the middle of the order with them, guys like uh, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez. Um, those are probably the guys I'd go to if I was doing anything here. Yeah, I I kind of shy away from the hitting in this one. Um, but, I, I, look, I think I get not being a bigger fan, and I don't think anyone is a, a huge fan. Um, but for 6,600 against a right-handed heavy Detroit lineup, uh, you know, his last five starts on FanDuel, 22 points, 63, 28, 18, and 40. Um, so I think if you just, get, you know, look at those numbers and kind of hypothesize, you've got a lot of upside and, and a fair amount of safety for the price at least. Um, so I think it's a nice GPP P. GPP play uh, maybe today just based on the upside, but I agree. I don't think you could ever really fully trust bigger. Uh, let's move on to uh, the 2 p.m. start in Chicago. Another big pitcher, but because uh, he's actually big and not just because they call him bigger. Bartolo <laughs> Colon in town taking on Kyle Hendricks. Colon, I mean, who knew he would be one of the Mets' most consistent starters? And on the other side, Kyle Hendricks has been really good for the Cubs, too. 2-1 uh, game yesterday between these teams. Uh, are you expecting runs in this one, Benny, or, or another pitcher's duel? You know, let's let's take it um, side by side here first. I actually like Hendricks going up against the Mets. This offense is just really not all that good right now. You know, there's not a lot of bats that I'm really afraid of. Cespedes in a you know righty on righty spot, probably the only one that I'd I'd really be looking to use here. Um, outside of him, though, no one on this Mets team is really hitting all that great. Now, on the other side, you know, Bartolo, you look, it's amazing to me. And we talked about this before. Like, you look at the numbers and you're like, how is this guy doing this? Like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't blow anybody away right now. He's just very good at hitting the spots and, you know, not getting lit up, which is kind of what he's been good at lately. His batting average to both sides of the plate is like 270, but he somehow manages to get through games only giving up two runs or so. 
So, you know, this this is a really good Cubs offense. You know, you would think that this would be a kind of matchup that they would do well in, but I, I just don't know. I mean, the thing that kind of gets me here, though, we do have the wind blowing out in Wrigley Field at about 10 miles an hour, which is, you know, not huge, but a, a, a little bit significant. So I do think that with all the power they have in this lineup, I, I just can't imagine them not getting to Bartolo, but I've said that before and it hasn't worked out. So, you know, I like Hendricks. I think I like some of these Cubs bats, but honestly, I don't think I'm going to have a lot of exposure to the Cubs bats at all against Bartolo. And I, I don't know if I can take Bartolo, but 7.3 is not a horrible price. Yeah, that that's my, at 7.3, like, I'm going for it, man. At least in a couple GPPs, like, because he's been so consistent and because this Cubs offense has, has really struggled lately, I, you know, they were vaunted for a while, but they have not been that good lately, certainly slumping. Um, so I, I kind of like a day game, you know. I don't know. I kind of like Cologne a little bit. I think we might see another pitcher's duel. I, I agree with you on a Hendricks as well. Uh, the one Yankee who kind of stands out to me in the righty-lefty matchup who's been kind of a little better lately is Granderson at 2.8. I think that's a nice price point for him for the upside, um, mm-hmm. especially with the wind blowing out, like you said. Uh, but again, I, I think I'm leaning more towards the pitching in that one as well. 2.15 start in Kansas City uh, as we've got our uh, uh, second highest priced pitcher of the day, or of the early slate, Mr. Carlos Carrasco for the Indians, taking on Ian Kennedy and the Royals. Uh, a, are you getting Carrasco in your lineup? Is the price point right for you at 10.2? And then uh, B, uh, are you getting some of these hot Indians hitters in the lineup? Yeah, I like Carrasco. I mean, I'll have some exposure to him, although I don't think he's going to be the only guy that I have there. You know, this this Kansas City team isn't as pesky as they've been in years past, but it's also not an easy lineup to navigate. But I, I do like Carrasco. And then on the other side, I mean, honestly, Ian Kennedy has been striking guys out left and right in his last couple starts. But I really do like this Cleveland team. This offense is just so underrated. You know, you got a right-handed pitcher on the mound. I think guys like Carlos Santana, if he's going to be leading off or in play. Uh, Jason Kipnis, definitely in play. Lindor, not a bad option either. So I like the guys at the top of the order there for Cleveland. But I actually <clears throat> actually like both of these pitchers. I think I may even decide to use Kennedy a little bit in tournaments because if he keeps up the strikeout numbers that he's been getting in his last couple, he can put up a big score in a tournament for you. I, I love that call in a tournament. I, I like the Indians to win the game. So so in a, a cash game, mm-hmm. I would obviously feel risky, especially Carrasco, with Kennedy. Yeah. The, the blow-up upside. But I agree. I think it's really interesting because I think Kennedy's a great tournament play today. And I think Carrasco's a terrific you know, cash game play today, yep. Um, yep. especially against his struggling Royals lineup. Uh, the one guy I'll highlight that you mentioned from that Indians lineup, Lindor. Uh, at, he's 3.8, but he's, he's you know 300 cheaper than the top shortstop on the board as you've got those Colorado guys ahead of them. And, I mean, you just look at his last week of games, ready for this. This is his last, you know, eight games on Fandle. 25.1, a 0, 9.5, 18.7, 31.6. I mean, this kid has been raking. Um, and, you know, obviously batting three in the lineup. So uh, I think Lindor, even at 3,800, is someone you want to get in your lineups against Kennedy, who, um, as you said, has been striking people out, but also has that other side to him, too, where he could go real bad. All right, 2.15 start in St. Louis, the first of two as, as yesterday's starters. Colin Ray and Carlos Martinez will start this off. Um, Martinez has been great lately, and, and Ray obviously less so. Where are you going in this one, Ben? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll basically give the same analysis I gave yesterday. Yeah. You know, I like I like Seymour to get. Wait, hold on. Uh, Can I save us the time and just go find the wherever you did it and cut yeah. it? And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, basically, you, you like Martinez against the righty-heavy San Diego Padres lineup. Uh, you like it even more that it's going to be a double header today because both lineups that they roll out in the morning and night are probably be a little bit watered down anyway. So I like Martinez. I think he's in play. Uh, Colin Rea is a guy who doesn't really get lit up. He's not a good pitcher, but he's also not somebody that I really want to target against because he's not somebody who goes out there and you know gives up 12 hits and, and eight runs over the four or five innings that he's in there. He's solid enough that he's able to limit the damage, so I'm not really looking to go crazy with the St. Louis bats. Yeah, I feel similarly as well, Like especially in that early game. Um, even though it's righty-righty, one guy who I'll just highlight in general uh, is, is Randall Grichik, who uh, before that game was rained out last night was slotted to bat in the leadoff spot. So um, And, and it's just been hitting really well. He's at that like 2.8 price point, so... Uh, a nice cheaper option and, uh, you know, get maybe gets a lefty reliever later in the game. He's been crushing lefties. But either way, just uh, e- both for both games today and just in general, keep Grichik on your radar, radar because he's really starting to hit a little bit. And he's one of those guys who could put up a 10-homer month if he gets going. So um, mm-hmm. just keep an eye on him, especially at that price point if it stays relatively similar. Uh, all right, let's go out to our favorite place, Benny. 310 start in Coors Field as we've got Chris Archer, the struggling Chris Archer, in town to take on one of my, my favorite. It's no Julius Chassin, but Jorge De La Rosa is a, is a pretty good name to say as well, Ben. Uh, are you getting the bats in today? Oh, you got to in this game. Um, I don't I mean, even need to ask, ever. Yeah, let's, you know, Tampa Bay side, Tampa Bay does very well against left-handed pitching. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of right-handed bats that hit lefties. So, you know, starting at the top, you got Logan Forsythe, you got Brandon Geyer, you got um, Evan Longoria, and then even Steve Pierce and Steven Souza, both back from the DL right now. That's five very solid right-handed bats to go up against Jorge De La Rosa. I like all five of those guys. The only problem you have is figuring out which ones you want to put in your lineup and which one you're going to leave off. And then on the other side for the uh, for the Rockies, you know, with a right-handed pitcher on the mound and Archer, you want Blackman in there, you want Cargo in there, you want Arenado in there, who does very well in righty-on-righty matchups. That's probably as far as I go. I don't think as I've used Story the last two days against a lefty and it's worked out well, but I like him a lot better against the lefty than I do against the righty. So, you know, the top five in the order probably for Tampa Bay, all the right handed bats I like. And then for the Rockies, I like Cargo, I like Blackman, and I like Arenado. Those are the guys that I'm trying to get into my lineups here as much as I can. I 100% agree. The one thing I'll echo as my dogs uh, uh, love Coors Field as, as well and agree. Um, of those guys you mentioned on the race, Steve Pierce at 3500 is uh, the cheapest price point uh, along with Corey Dickerson. They're both 3500 uh, Dickerson, though, the lefty-lefty uh, you know, matchup there. So you really like Steve Pierce at that 3500 uh, price point, assuming he's in the lineup there. And, and what I will say, though, is um, – both pitchers, uh, obviously you're never excited about a guy at, at Coors, but we did just see uh, Blake Snell light up, you know, was awesome last night in Coors. Um, and we've seen some pitchers pitch okay. I do like Jorge De La Rosa in general as a as a guy who's always priced cheaper than, than his actual numbers show, uh, at least recently. But 
again, I think against this Rays lineup, it's, you know, maybe you throw him in one tournament and he'll be extremely low owned and you take a shot. But um, just, just a, a quick mention, I agree, though, in general. I think the, the Tampa Bay righties and those Rockies you mentioned are, are the big plays of the day. All right, Oakland 335 start as the Astros are in town. Doug Fister has been better than uh, I think anyone expected just by not being terrible like he was last year uh taking on daniel mengden uh who's uh hasn't been good but has had a couple flashes here and there uh what do you think about this one ben are you getting some bats in against mengden i you know i'm not really loving a lot of the bats in this game you know mengden being a righty the houston nationals don't really hit right-handed pitching as well correa is the best guy they have righty on righty situations you know, then you're looking at guys like Valbuena and Rasmus, um, you know, from the left side, who have both been okay, but not really anything I'm super excited about. You know, it's not a very good hitter's ballpark. They're playing it in Oakland. You know, even the other side of the game for Oakland, Fister's usually a guy that struggles mightily with left-handed bats. So, you know, Josh Reddick, pretty cheap still, maybe a Stephen Vogt in there. But honestly, I, you know, after looking at the Coors game and then you come over to here, it's just nothing that's, that really excites me. I. I feel exactly the same way. I hate this game. I hate everything. It feels like one of those games where you want to get bats in and it's a one nothing game. Like I, yeah. I just I don't have a good feeling about it. A hundred percent agree. Let's move on. Three forty <laughs> start in Seattle as uh, as we get one of the best in baseball back. Felix Hernandez coming back from the DL to uh, pitch for the Mariners, taking on uh, less than Felix Hernandez, Mister Miguel Gonzalez pitching for the White Sox. Uh, you leaning towards getting some Mariners in the bat, a, a Mariners in your lineup, A, and B, how are you kind of playing Felix coming off the DL, especially as he's the top price pitcher on the board for that early slate? Yeah, let's start with Felix, because he's, he's probably the bigger name here. I, you know, I'm actually a really big fan of King Felix, but I'm not going to be using him. He's coming off the... You know, the DL, he's been out for a while, so you can't imagine that they're going to push him and let him go 100, 110 pitches. And I think he's actually the most expensive pitcher on the slate, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, Certainly it, the early slate. Let me check the, the night yeah. slate as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I guess Drew Pomerantz is a couple hundred bucks more. Okay. But in, he's definitely the top guy. Yeah, in the I mean, either, well. yeah, either way, you know, you're not going to pay up. If you're going to pay up for a guy, you want everything going in his favor. And I really don't think Felix has that. And honestly, even when he was pitching earlier in the year, you know, the strikeout numbers were kind of down a little bit. So it, it's asking a lot for him to pay off that salary. But I do like a couple of the bats. I mean, I, I'd look at some of the lefties. You know, Cano, probably the top option. Uh, Seager always in play as well. Seth Smith has been hitting well up towards the top of the order too. Uh, so those would be the guys that I'd probably be looking at to go up against Gonzalez. If you want to round out a stack, maybe even throw in Adam Lind or Leonis Martin, uh, depending on where they are in the lineups. But definitely want to look at the left-handed bats against Gonzalez. And then on the other side, you know, I'm probably not going to be taking any bats against Felix here. I do think that they may be able to hit him a little bit, but I just really don't like this White Sox offense. They don't put up enough runs for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. There, I just the thing I hate about this White Sox offense is I never feel like I can trust anyone in it on a night-to-night basis. And like, look, what they just went what thirty-four innings without scoring a run before breaking mm-hmm. that streak. So, yeah, uh, I agree. But I, I also, for the exact same reasons you said, I'm not. I'm I'm staying away from Felix. The price point is too high for the fact that he could go out pitch five innings and, and be at eighty-five pitches, and they say, all right, that's enough, Felix. You know. So um, I feel the same way. I just can't take that risk today. All right, moving on as we have the last of our early slate of games at 340 start in Arizona, a little interleague action. 
as Toronto is in town. Marcus Stroman, who a uh, uh, darling heading into the season, is, has not put it together yet this year, taking on the lefty Patrick Corbin. Very similar type of guy who's been a little bit better lately, but also maybe not as good as expected. Uh, in Arizona, Hitters Park, well, are you going bats in this one, Ben? Yeah, I think this is going to be a game to look at bats. I like the Toronto guys, obviously. Uh, Devin Travis leading off again is something I really like. Donaldson, Encarnacion, these guys have been crushing it. Uh, Tulo and Martin have always hit left-handed pitching well. So I think this Blue Jays team's in a good spot against Corbin. On the other side, I mean, like you said, Stroman, you know, people were expecting a lot more out of him. He hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't really been great either. I think I'd probably look at the middle of the order. You know, Paul Goldsmith, whether it's a righty or a lefty, he's just such a good hitter. Um, he's definitely in play. And then Jake Lamb, the lefty, is another guy that I kind of like. You know, he, he's been having, like, a real breakout year with staying healthy this season. So those would probably be the two guys on uh, Arizona I'd look at. I think this game here is going to have a lot of runs scored. I think it's a sneaky way to kind of get away from Coors Field where I think the exposure is going to be, you know, the ownership is going to be just through the roof on the early slate today. Totally, totally agree. This is my other game where you can kind of make up some of those bats. You mentioned two of them that I love. I mean, Lamb at 3,500 against the struggling righty in Arizona is, is almost a must-play for me. Uh, and then Tulo at 3,100. I mean, he's been so good since coming back and has crushed left-handed pitching. Uh, Corbin, I, I think that's a great matchup for him at 3,100. But um, on the whole, just totally agree. I think there's a lot of hidden value in that game. Uh, as a way to kind of fade those cores, uh, cores, you know, raise Rockies bats as well. All right, Benny, before we move on to the night slate, the main slate, let me remind everyone that MLB season is in full swing, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to Fandle.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1, so anyone can play. Even my dogs, who you heard before, could theoretically afford to pay. I, I haven't tried it yet, but, you know, we're, we're going to get my dogs involved in FanDuel. That's how much fun this is. You just pick a new lineup every day. You don't have to worry about injuries. You don't have to worry about, you know, guys in slumps. You can just get rid of them. Say, I'm done with you and move on. It, it's, it's the best way to play, and you can join over 1 million other users who've already won money. It's never too late to join. You can come play with me, Benny, and maybe my dogs over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use my code RWPOD to sign up now. We have a special offer for new users. You can get a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my code. Again, it's RWPOD for over $60 in value for just $25. Again, don't forget to use my code RWPOD over at FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, 7 o'clock start in Boston. Mentioned it before, the highest price pitcher of the day, Drew Pomerantz at 10-5, making his first start for the Red Sox. Matt Kane going for the Giants. Uh, a, how do you feel about Pomerantz at that price point? And uh, B, I'm assuming some rocks against Mr. Matt Kane. Red Sox. I don't know why I said rocks. I've still got cores on that. Red Sox against Kane. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you can look at 
you know, all the Red Sox going up against Kane here. I really like David Ortiz. When you get a weak right-handed pitcher with Ortiz at home, he, you know, tends to go yards. So I think that's somebody that I, I really like. And, you know, I think you can put some of the other Boston bats in there. I think they have the highest run total on the day, even higher run total than the Coors game. Wow, that um, says something, man. Yeah, Especially you, with, without, like, you know, Archer is a good pitcher, but they don't have, like, any guys who've been dominating going there. That really says something. Yeah, I mean, their, you know, their run total, implied run total, I think, is over six today, which is more than either one of the teams in Coors. And then with Pomerantz, you know, this is a team that Pomerantz has seen a couple times. And this Giants lineup, this isn't their A-plus lineup. They got five or six guys that, you know, contribute to them that are on the DL right now. So you got a pretty lefty-heavy lineup that Pomerantz should be able to work his way through. I kind of like them. I don't know if I'm going to pay up the 10-5 for them, mostly because there are a lot of bats on this slate that I want to get in my lineup, namely a lot of these Red Sox guys. But if you can find a cheaper group of bats where you can fit in Pomerantz, I think he's perfectly fine today. I don't think he's going to have a bad game at all. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think you could play him in either cash or GPP just because I don't think he's going to be a ton of high ownership. Granted, that the, the slate, the, I think the biggest reason you you – Go with Pomerantz is when you look. I mean, Hector Santiago is the next highest-priced pitcher in the main slate. Then Gio, then Wei Yin Chen. So, um, you know, there is no safety on this board except Pomerantz. So I agree with you there, and I love those Red Sox bats. I mean, especially when you look at some of the prices. You know, uh, you know, Travis Shaw at 34, Pedroia at 34, uh, Bogart at 33. I mean, those are those are good price points in such a matchup for uh, for just the main slate there. Um, you know, especially considering who's priced above them. So uh, mm-hmm. I feel very similarly. I think the Red Sox make a nice stack in that main slate, though I'm guessing the ownership will be pretty high. All right, 705 start. We've got uh, four of these 705 starts. A popular time tonight, Benny. Uh, Yankees, uh, your boys hosting the Orioles. Giovanni Gallardo taking on Michael Pineda. Uh, kind of a weird pitching matchup here. Obviously, both guys have. Uh, have had good and bad. Uh, where are you kind of leaning in this one? Yeah, this is. I could honestly see both of these guys getting lit up, and I could also see, you know, Pineda going out there and throwing a good start. All right, we were actually talking about this the other day. You know, Houston and Baltimore are two of those teams that I call them GPP teams because they could go out there and put up ten runs in any given game against any pitcher, good pitcher or bad pitcher. And they could also go out there and strike out 10 times. So I think there is a a case to be made for Pineda in tournaments because this Baltimore team can strike out a lot. It is, you know, he is tough on righties. They do have a lot of right-handed bats in this lineup. You know, the one left-handed bat is Chris Davis, and he actually hasn't played in like the last two or three games. So, you know, I don't hate Pineda as a tournament flyer, but there is a lot of risk to it. But there's also, uh, you know, a lot of risk. To the fact that he could go out there and strike out 10 or 11 and be one of the top scoring pitchers for the price. Um, bats wise, Beltron's the only guy I would take against uh, Gallardo. You know, you got guys like Machado, who's good in righty on righty matchups against Pineda. You know, um, Jonathan Scope hits righty, uh, righties pretty well. So those two guys would be the two bats I'd probably be looking at on the Baltimore side. But honestly, I think I'm going to wind up with. Not a lot of Orioles, a little bit of Pineda, and really, except for maybe Beltron and McCann, not too many Yankees. Same for me. I, this game, again, as I mentioned, it just feels off. I feel like, like you said, I just have no idea whether it's going to be a blowout or a 
uh, two nothing game. I just I have no feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of lean the way you did. Maybe throw Pineda in a tournament or two, take a mm-hmm. shot. But uh, now it I, has it has a high total. But like I just don't like with the the high total in the Red Sox game or the high total in the in the Coors game. Like you can kind of see where the production is going to come from. You can see how it could be a high total game. Sure. I don't have the same feel for this one. That's I mean, like, like you were saying. I just I don't know where the production's coming. Yeah, look, you could. I mean, like the Baltimore is one of the best offenses of the game. The Yankees hit well at home against Gallardo. Uh, you know, McCann, Ellsbury, Gardner. Could you see those guys get going? Sure. Uh, but I could also see him being shut down. So kind of, a, yeah. for me at least, to stay away. Uh, all right, another 7-5 start in Washington as uh, Gio Gonzalez and the Nationals taking on Bud Norris and the Dodgers as the Dodgers uh, – Gonna have to find a way to get by without Kershaw for a little bit. It seems as he was shut down with some more back issues. But um, is Bud Norris the answer, Benny? I don't think so. But what about for today? You know, somebody was talking about how he's he's kind of changed the pitches up that he's been throwing, and that's why he's been he's been pitching a little better. I mean, let's face it, he has been actually pretty solid in his last couple starts, like the last four or five starts or so. But I mean, this Washington team—they got a lot of really good bats here. Daniel Murphy's back in the lineup, so. You know, I want to take the lefties against Norris, guys like Murphy, guys like Harper, um, you know, maybe a Ben Revere at the top of the order or Clint Robinson, who's been, um, you know, hitting down at the bottom of the order. Uh, You know, double dong Danny Espinosa, who, uh, you know, comes out of nowhere and puts up 40 Fanduel points every once in a while. Uh, Those are the guys I'd probably be looking at. On the other side, I really don't like a lot. I'm not a Gio Gonzalez fan, but I also don't really like this Dodgers team against left-handed pitching. You know, I like the fact that Puig is back and Van Slyke and, uh, you know, those are guys that actually hit left-handed pitching pretty well. Maybe a Justin Turner, although he's better in righty on righty spots. Honestly, though, I, I don't really see a lot of offense coming out of this game that I want to target. Yeah, it's it's a bummer, too. I think, it, look, if I'm going offense, I'm, I'm, I hate this Dodgers lineup, but I also think that Gio is... So Gio like is is a you know Jekyll and Hyde guy. He'll go out and throw eight yeah. innings, a shutout ball, and then give up eight runs. The next adding out, you just can't see it coming. So yeah. I, I think maybe you, you throw a cheap Dodgers stack in if you've got a Pomerantz lineup. Maybe you take a shot with that somewhere. But I agree. I, I don't I don't expect a ton of runs in this game with the way these. Even though they did you know eight four game last night, so you never know kind of which way it can go. Uh, all right, Benny, uh, it's another 7.05 start in Philadelphia as, uh, as my Phillies take on those Miami Marlins. Way in Chen against Jeremy Hellickson, and uh, these two teams have played back-to-back, uh, I believe, was it 3-2 in 10 and then 2-1 in 10 or 9. So uh, it's been a, been a tight couple games so far. Do you see this, uh, this third game of the series going the same way? You know, Hellickson's a guy that I, I really don't try to mess with taking bats against this year. He's been good enough that I've, he's kind of off my list of gas cans. Uh, so I'm not really looking at anybody on the Marlins. Wei-Yin Chen, right-handed bats absolutely crush him. So much of a higher average than left-handers have. And right-handed bats hit a home run off him about once every five innings over the last two years. So, wow. yeah, yeah, he's got that's, a big fly ball good. rate. Yeah, no, a big fly ball rate, big home run rate, and he's getting a park downgrade going from Miami to Philly, which is a much easier place to hit home runs. So looking at the middle of that Philly order, guys like Franco, Joseph, and Rupp, I think you get at least one home run out of those three. Joseph at uh, 2,500 is somebody that's really interesting to me as a first base option. Kid has a lot of power, and he does hit well against left-handed pitching, so 
I think Joseph is definitely somebody that that's a good salary saver as a first base. Love, 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 love the Joseph call. He's homered in back-to-back games. He's got four homers in his last six games, five in his last eight. Uh, he's been hot, and he crushes left-handed pitching. It's it's a perfect mm-hmm. matchup for him. And I mean, it's just one of those spots where twenty-five hundred in this case is is absurd. Uh, there is yeah, no way, way he too should be cheap. that cheap. Like way one of the, too cheap just looking through this and prepping like one of the the best values on the board in my opinion today. So, yep. uh, totally agree with that and Helixson, yeah, man. I mean, who to thunk it? He's just uh he's been good and and hopefully the Phillies can get something for him at the trade deadline cuz uh you know you never believe it's going to continue. So, uh but but I agree with that and you know, look, if you want to throw a Yelich or a uh you know, a Ichiro in the lineup for, for not, you know, I could see it. Uh, Helixson has been worse against left-handed bats, but mm-hmm. uh, agree that I don't think Helixson is the obvious stack against that he used to be. Uh, all right, 705 start, the last of the 705s in Pittsburgh as Milwaukee's in town. Chase Anderson taking on Jeff Locke. Uh, neither guy's been great, but neither offense has been that great either. Which way are you kind of leaning here, Benny? You know, I actually don't hate Chase Anderson, and the reason for that is I really like the Brewers against left-handed pitching. You know, you look at that whole order from top to bottom, the middle of the order with uh, Ryan Braun, Lou Croy, and Carter, three big right-handed bats that all hit left-handed pitching well. You know, Hernan Perez you can throw in there if you're looking for a cheap guy. I might even skip Villar, although his price isn't that expensive either. And he's okay against lefties as well, so... I actually like Milwaukee more than I like uh, Pittsburgh here. I think that Vegas has this one wrong. Um, I would look at some of the Milwaukee bats. <clears throat> and Chase Anderson at 6K I don't think is a horrible play, especially because I'm expecting him to get the win. But I could see where it would be a little risky. I, I don't think using either of these pitchers in cash makes any sense. And if I'm taking any bats here, it's probably going to be the guys on the Milwaukee side. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I don't like that Pittsburgh offense at all right now. And I think Anderson's a... You know, a nice upside play. I don't love him, but I do like those bats against Locke. Love VR at 3-1. I mean, he does. He is much better against uh, left-handed pitching as a you know, switch hitter. is better from the right side of the plate. So uh, I think for the you know speed upside he has, he is a, a terrific play there as well. Uh, all right, 8-15 start in St. Louis. Jaime Garcia and the Cardinals taking on Paul Clemens and the Padres in that game too. Uh, do you like Garcia here, or are you kind of nervous uh, against a Padres offense that hits lefties pretty well? You know, I'm kind of neutral on him, to be honest, because he's actually pretty tough on right, right-handed right bats. He's actually one of the few left-handers that, you know, is kind of like a reverse splits lefty, where left-handed bats tend to do a little bit better against them. And there really won't be many left-handed bats at all in this lineup to go against them. Although, like I said, Will Myers, Matt Kemp, these guys are, are known you know, crushers of left-handed pitching. So I don't think it's a really easy spot. But I do think that um, St. Louis is going to get to Paul Clemens here. So I think Garcia is in in line for a win. I think he'll go at least six, seven, eight innings like he always does. And I think he's a a, a decent start here. And then, like I said, I like the bats on uh, on St. Louis here. You know, you start at the top with Gearchuk, uh, Piscotti, Holiday is – oh, actually, Holiday got expensive. His price was a lot cheaper earlier in the week. Yeah, that's eh. All right, so he's kind of off the list. But Matt Adams in there is another guy pretty cheap as a first base option. You know, I don't I, – I see, the thing with the St. Louis offense for me is 
it's never like one or two guys that does the damage. It's a couple hits here, a couple walks here, a run for this guy, an RBI for that guy, which is great team baseball, but it's not really what you want for fantasy. Like for fantasy, I want to know that these two or three guys or this part of the order is going to have a lot of production. And I mean, they've been getting production from top to bottom of the order, which is great in real life baseball, but doesn't help us as much in fantasy. Yeah, it really, it, it's a great team thing, but you're right, man. It's hard to count on any one guy on any night in any specific situation. Uh, obviously, if they were facing a lefty, I would like guys like Piscotty and Grichuk more, but... Either way, I do like uh, getting some bats against Clemens because he has not been impressive, uh, and, and I do agree with you. I think uh, Garcia at uh, uh, you know eight hundred or excuse me eight thousand, that's a pretty decent price for the guy. When yeah, you're looking very at, you know, reasonable. Yeah, yeah very when you're looking reasonable. at Wei Yin Chen and Gio Gonzalez and Hector Santiago all being four to eight hundred more expensive than him, I you know. That's a risk worth taking for me, especially for a guy who has some strikeout upside as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Benny, uh, final game of the night. We head out to Los Angeles, 10.05 start. A couple of lefties doing battle. Martin Perez against Mr. Hector Santiago. Second highest price pitcher on the board has been much, much better lately, but obviously always scary uh, with the walks. Uh, where are you kind of leaning this, this game here? Yeah, the walks and the high home run rate. This is a guy in Hector Santiago. High fly ball rate, high home runs allowed, and he walks people. And I hate that because if you're walking guys and then giving up a home run, you know, it's a two-run or a three-run shot. And that's how you really just destroy any value that you created with strikeouts and, you know, getting through some of the early innings of a game. So I'm looking at this Texas team, and this Texas team's got some, some big bats that can go off. You want the righties against Santiago, so Ian Desmond, who's just looks like a completely different player, over 300 batting average. I think he hit like his 20th home run last night. So this guy is just on fire MVP right now. MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean he really say. is. He, he's he's been that good. Like he's priced up there now with the you know the Bryce Harpers and the Mike Trout's of the world, and the way he's been playing, you, you can't. I mean he's 300 dollars more expensive than Trout today. It's insane. And, you can honestly it's, yeah, say it's justified. It. Like he's yeah. been he's been killing the ball. Um, you know, Adrian Beltre, another big right-handed bat. I like Ryan Rua. Uh, you know, since you has been hurt, so you've been getting like jerks and pro far leading off. So I don't hate that either if he's gonna be up there. And then on the other side, you know, Mike Trout obviously always in play. The only other bat I'd kind of look at is Albert Pujols because the old man is on fire right now. Double dong last night, had a couple dongs earlier this week. I mean, it seems like he's going yard every time he gets up. Yeah, dude. And then he gets hit in the helmet the other day. Uh, yeah. Was it last night? But he was okay. Um, but, yeah, dude, Pujols is just mashing the ball right now. So, um, yeah, I like that. I agree. I, I'm never – Martin Perez is always one of the – it doesn't strike anybody out ever, so you're always – you're just mm-hmm. waiting for him to implode. He gets outs, but um, I mean, you look at Pools at at thirty two hundred. I mean, that's a that's a steal for the way that guy's hitting right now against the lefty. Um, I, I totally totally agree with you there, and uh, uh, I I think I'd be I think I'm gonna let other people throw Santiago out there against this Texas lineup, even though it is a nice ballpark for him to pitch in. But Benny, that was a, that was a hell of a slate, man. We knocked that out. Yeah, you know what? It's a lot of games here, and and it's good because they broke it down. You know, in the middle with the the early games and the late games, you got a couple good pitchers on both slates. You got a couple bad pitchers that you can target bats against on both slates. So should be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Big day of baseball. Benny and I will be back with you tomorrow, breaking down a 
slightly smaller slate, but uh, just as much fun. <laughs> we'll bring this one, and I promise to try and keep the dogs silent this time, uh, which is a hollow promise because I don't think that's possible. Uh, for, for my co-host, Benny Ricciardi, I'm James Seltzer. This has been the uh, Rotowire DFS podcast for Wednesday, July the 20th. Benny and I will be back with you tomorrow, uh, breaking down tomorrow's slate as well. But for today, July 20th, good luck. Go out, win some money. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.